Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Pig Health Today, and with me is Dr. Patrick Webb. He is a veterinarian and director for the Swine Health Programs at National Pork Board. Thank you for joining us, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Secure pork. I mean, this sounds like a very important topic because it's about business continuity. But explain to me what that, that means. Sure. So there's certain diseases that we don't have in the United States that internationally would cause us to lose our ability to do trade. Uh, and as well, uh, since they're regulatory diseases, would, would cause us not to be able to move pigs in areas where the disease is located. And so uh, there's lots of response plans for diseases like foot and mouth disease. The federal plan's in place. The state plans are in place. Industry has a role to play. And they talk about finding it. And they talk about containing it. And they talk about controlling it. And the last piece of the puzzle is, what about folks that are in those zones that need to move pigs that don't have the disease? That's business continuity. And that's what Secure Pork Supply Plan is. It's a way for producers that are located in disease control areas that are affected by stop movements to demonstrate with their state animal health official that they're different, that they do have certain measures in place that would uh, allow the state animal health official to evaluate them and potentially move their pigs quicker under permit during an outbreak. Essentially trying to figure out where to draw the line. I mean, if you've got a neighbor who has a problem and you don't, showing that you have the biosecurity in place to continue operating your business? Absolutely. So when a state animal health official uses a control area to try to control a disease, uh, they put up uh, a lot of stop movement in that area. So uh, the standard distance would be uh, a 10 kilometer control area. Well, you put that control area in Sioux County, Iowa, and you've just wrapped up a lot of producers. Now, you're only going to have a few producers in that control area that have the disease or have been exposed to disease, but you have a mountain of producers in that area that do not. Well, the state animal health official needs to know who's in the area and where they're at, and they need to communicate with those folks. But they also look at things like your traceability, uh, movements on and off your site your biosecurity protocols. Uh, they look at any tests that are required for the disease to determine whether you're negative. They like to look at information about are you seeing signs of this disease. All of those things are in a stepwise progression that the state animal health official evaluates. Now that the choice is do you evaluate it after or do you have it available for evaluation prior. And so in a way you are differentiating yourself from your neighbor uh, in order to be able to move your pigs. Um, the challenge for us is that we will have a lot of producers that uh, won't have the disease and they're going to be stuck if they don't have a mechanism to get their movements permitted. And what exactly is that mechanism? How do you go about protecting your assets and your livelihood sure. in these kinds of situations? So without a business continuity program, there is a way to permit movements, but there's certain things that a producer has to do. They have to demonstrate their biosecurity. Primarily, that's the most important thing. They have to demonstrate that they're negative through testing in their surveillance programs, um, and they have to provide those type of movements. Now, I can wait and do that afterwards and take time to build all that information, and then the state animal health official looks at it and says, okay, I think we can permit movement. That takes time. Precious time that you don't have in an outbreak because you're worried about moving your pigs that you have to move the next three days or you have a welfare problem. Secure pork can enter into the equation by being something on the front end that a producer can do and verify with their state animal health official. So when there is an outbreak, that data is already built. 
And not only is it built, but it is there in a or it's there that where it can be shared very, very easily and in a format that's very easy to understand and manipulate to determine whether or not that producer uh, remains uh, to show that they don't have any infection on their site so you can prevent their movement. So it's an issue of you hedge your bets on the back end, try to build it, or can you jump in on the front end and have it there and ready? I mean, it sounds pretty complex. I imagine you've got to get veterinarians to take a real active role in something like this. Uh, the producers and the veterinarians play a vital role. Um, this is not a regulatory program. This is a voluntary program for producers. It is a state industry federal cooperative approach to business continuity. And so educating producers, educating veterinarians uh, is of critical importance. Um, it's not an easy program. You know, these are certain things that will change the way that producers uh, do their, their normal business. It's uh, making sure that they have their data in a format that can be shared electronically. It's ensuring that data is associated with the nationally standardized premises identification number, which is a way to link all that data together uh, electronically when the state vet's looking at it. It's having a biosecurity manager and having written plans that have been uh, implemented and verified that they've been implemented. It's training your employees on the biosecurity specific to foreign animal disease, on the surveillance stuff that needs to occur. It's the taking of the samples and it's connecting all of that data in a way that the state vet can easily understand it and assess. And so yes, it's, it's complicated. Um, we're developing a producer implementation guide to help take the, the complication out build your steps into getting ready to enroll and then enrolling in the program. But it's also going to change how your data is stored uh, and how it's shared. And, and those are things that producers haven't had to do prior. Um, we're used to, producers are used to sharing information to be able to move pigs across state lines on a health paper or for some regulatory program. Um, what this program is going to do is kind of change the way we think about, well, what information does a state vet need to see? When do they need to see it? and if it makes a difference for me to be able to move or not permissioning that data to be shared. In summary, take home messages for producers. What should they be doing today, right now, to protect their assets? First is awareness. Foreign animal disease pushbacks at pork.org in our pork store. Uh, that is the barn level education for producers on how to recognize foreign animal diseases and how to report. Uh, biosecurity. We have tons and tons of biosecurity resources at pork.org. Uh, we learned a lot of lessons with PED, so producers can go and really focus on biosecurity. Um, when Secure Pork Supply, uh, we begin that, that education process. There's more specific biosecurity components to it, and so producers will have to look at those and make sure that they're compliant. But today, they could go to our website and pick up uh, really good information on biosecurity, uh, just general biosecurity. Um, premises registration. Our industry has been incredibly proactive, high level of compliance with premises registration because it's an industry, uh, kind of an industry mandated thing through programmatic activities. Uh, but we have to use those prem IDs for certain things to link data together. So is it in your movement records? Are you putting it on your health paper? Uh, we need it on the diagnostic laboratory submission form. We need it on the bills of lading for animals that are going to harvest. That way we can start linking all that data. If we have all of that data in electronic format, it's linked to a prem ID when it's provided to the state. They can search by it, they can manipulate data by prem, so it's that central component that producers need to have. They also need to have a really stark conversation within their companies about what would happen if they couldn't move. If you have a sow farm that's used to moving pigs three times a week and you're in a control area and you can't move, what's your plan? How do you mitigate animal welfare issues? Those type of plans need to be discussed. I call it uh, 
plan, share, and prepare. You put plans together. You work with your state animal health official to discuss those plans and modify based upon their input. And then you've got to prepare to implement them. That means making sure that you have the people, you have the contracts if you need. Let's say if you're going to do composting, who are you going to contract with to get your carbon source? You know, those type of things have to be discussed. So we need to have stop movement plans. We need to have plans if, unfortunately, you have to do euthanasia and disposal. Those are internal discussions that producers need to have in their, in their companies. And they need to share. And when they come to an agreement with the state vet on the approach, it's time to prepare. And those are probably the most critical uh, steps that a producer can do today. We do have a FAD checklist uh, that's available uh, that goes in way more in detail of all the little bits and pieces. Like, how do you get paid? If the, if the USDA is, is ordered that you have to euthanize your animals, do you get paid for that? Yes, you get indemnity. But how do you get in the system so they can cut you the check? Mm. There's certain little tricks of the trade there. There's certain numbers that you have to register for. I mean, it's all, you know, just little little small things that if producers use uh, this checklist and follow it, they're doing everything they can do today to, to be as prepared. And then when we're able to start enrolling producers in Secure Pork, um, they're already down the road on the ramp up in order to participate. Now, just playing devil's advocate, you mentioned foot and mouth disease, haven't seen it in this country since 1929. Classical yeah. swine fever, haven't seen that since the 70s. You get producers that are say, well, I'm going to take my chances. That seems like a lot of work to prepare. Well, you know, you certainly have to educate, and and we'll have early adopters that we already. I've talked to many production systems. Yeah. Uh, the risk of not being able to export and the risk of not being able to move your pigs is very powerful. Yeah. And it's a motivator. It's a carrot. Um, we want to make sure that we educate producers uh, uh, past that. Eh, yeah, it seems like a lot of work because you don't want to be doing this the day after. Yeah. Or I'll and, do it tomorrow. And and and. Yeah. You know, and it's a you know realistically, um, you know, with international travel, international trade, uh, illegal trade, uh, people that don't like us, uh, you know, there are constant opportunities for you know the introduction of these types of diseases, and we've been incredibly diligent um, with trying to keep them out. But there's always a risk. There's more countries than not that have foot and mouth disease. African swine fever is, is really causing some challenges over in the EU right now and in Russia and Belarus. Um, you know, these diseases haven't gone away. We haven't gotten rid of them like, like smallpox. So we are at risk. Uh, it's a small risk, um, but it's a high consequence. So I think those, those uh, facts that you can share with producers to try to make sure to comprehend the program and make those changes to be uh, enrolled in Secure Pork, I, I think we, we can make those cases and I hope we get a high level of compliance.